in the words of the Backstreet Boys, oh my God, we're back again. The Devils had a statement win over the best team in the Atlanta division. Who stepped up? What happened as the game progressed? And how does this impact the Devils moving forward? We have a lot to break down in today's episode of Locked on Devils. So you know the drill. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey club and play announcer, Devils Ride for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential media member, Trey Matthews. I first want to start off today's episode with this warning. Headphone users, be warned. Turn down the volume now. This is your first and final warning. But how about them, Devils? Coming away with a 2-1 to victory against the best team in the Atlantic. Jack Hughes coming up clutch in OT. The Devils not backing down. Vitek Vanacek not getting into his own head. We have a lot to break down in today's episode. It's going to be jam-packed, so let's get right into it for segment one. Let's talk about the meaning of this game. So I talked about in the previous episode, this was an important game for the Devils for a variety of reasons. Reason number one, the Metropolitan Division is really tight. And now, I don't want to put too much pressure on the Devils, especially in the month of December, but you really don't want to find yourself falling down in the standings because right now should be the time where we start to separate the contenders from the pretenders and also the pretenders from the teams that are just waiting until summer, until the NHL draft. But it's not like that in the Metro. It's still anybody's game, which means the Pittsburgh Penguins could go on a five-game win streak and the Devils could go on a five-game losing streak, and that's going to shake up the Metro in more ways than one. So when looking around the Metropolitan Division, the New York Islanders, they're currently on a four-game win streak. The Washington Capitals, they're currently on a two-game win streak. Both the Hurricanes and Penguins won their most recent matchup, and the Devils now have won seven of their last nine games but yet they're still in a three-way tie for the fourth position. So think about that. I'm glad that the Devils picked up two points against the Bruins because quite honestly, when they were tied one-to-one and the clock was winding down, I'm just like, okay, send it to overtime so that way you're at least guaranteed a point. And I was just hoping for the best. And we're going to talk more about that in segment two when I do my three stars of the game. But another reason why this game was important is because I wanted to see the Devils go up best of the best. So the Boston Bruins are not just an average team. Yes, I know they lost their longtime captain and Patrice Bergeron because he retired, but the Boston Bruins are still a force to be reckoned with in the league. They are right now picking up right where they left off towards the end of the regular season, at least. We don't need to talk about the playoffs because we we know what happened when they went up against the Florida Panthers. But you cannot take away from the fact that last season, this Bruins team, They broke the NHL record for most wins and most points in a single season, and they're continuing their winning ways. So they're one of the best of the best teams in the NHL, and they're atop of the Atlantic Division. And I wanted to see how the Devils fared against a team of that caliber. So 
yeah, the Devils have been picking up wins against the Kraken and also the Flames, and that's great and all, but let's face it, the Kraken and Flames aren't really teams that you fear going into those respective matchups. And the Edmonton Oilers, they are one of the hottest teams in the NHL. Connor McDavid uh, beat Connor Bedard silly on national television. That was entertaining to watch. And even though Connor Bedard did score the opening goal, that game was a lot of fun to witness. But digressing a little bit, the point is that I wanted to see the Devils do the same thing that they've been doing the last few games, but this time against a team that is one of the best in the NHL, and they were able to do so. So in the previous episode, Eric Halla said that the Devils need to play a little bit more simple, and they've been doing that the last few games, taking it one game at a time, because like I just said moments ago, the Metro is very tight, and I wanted the Devils to come out physical. I wanted them to come out fast. I wanted them to come out strong, basically make a statement, because I mentioned this in the previous episode, and this surprised me when I found this fact out, which was the Devils have not beaten the Bruins since May 2021. So we're talking about the last time the Devils beat this Boston team was when Pavel Zaka got the game-winning goal during the 56-game COVID season when he and Miles Wood were the top point-getters for the Devils that season. It's been that long, ladies and gentlemen. So that was an important win for the Devils. It was a statement. And the main question is, are the Devils back? I'm going to say it with confidence on this show. After beating one of the best teams in the NHL and the Devils arguably putting up their best effort of the season and Vitek Vanacek seems to get his confidence back these past few games, I think the Devils are making a statement. And I think this is their welcome back party because these next few games, they kind of fall into the Devils' favor. Looking at the next few games, the Devils will head to Columbus to take on the Blue Jackets. Hopefully the Devils can come away with the win. They dropped the ball hard in the previous matchup against the Blue Jackets, but hopefully they learned their lesson. Then they got the Anaheim Ducks, who are the newly last team in the Pacific Division. San Jose Sharks have caught lightning in a bottle. Devils have already been the Flyers. Let's see how the Devils fare against the Oilers in round two. Then the Red Wings before Christmas, and then the Blue Jackets a couple days after Christmas. So these next six games kind of fall into the favor for the Devils, knock on wood. I think the only team that can legitimately give them trouble is that Edmonton game on December 21st, but we'll see what happens. So I'm expecting for the Devils, once again, not to jump the gun on anything. Hopefully this doesn't jinx anything, but I really hope these next few games for Devils, this is where they can rack up some serious points and get their name back up top in the Metropolitan Division alongside with the New York Rangers. So this game, hell yeah, that was a statement victory for the Devils. Now, let's get on to my main takeaways, and then in segment two, I'll do my three stars of the game, and then in the third and final segment, like I do with every post-game recap, I will compare the stats and give the Devils a letter grade. So I think it was evident that the Devils got better as the game progressed because I said that the Devils, they need to bring their A game against this Bruins team because if they let up the first goal of the game, which they did, it could be over before it started. And that's exactly what happened in period one, which was the Devils were playing some solid defense because at one point during the opening frame, the Bruins went seven or so minutes without getting a shot on VTech Vanacek, which I found quite intriguing. Michael McLeod, and his line, we'll talk more about this in the second segment, they got the start. Michael McLeod, one of the best face-off guys in the entire league, 
also knows how to bring the physicality. So that's exactly what I was hoping that Lindy Ruff would do. I thought he would roll with the Nico Heischer line, but Michael McLeod works just as well. And then for Vitek Vanacek, I'd say his only mistake or few mistakes is that he still needs to work on his rebound control, but it only came back to bite him once. And that was on that Morgan geeky goal because the, the Bruins were relentless in front of him. Dawson Mercer's line got burned. And remember, in the previous episode, I told you guys that I spoke with Chico Resch, who's a color commentator for the Devils radio feed, alongside with Matt Loughlin, also a former Stanley Cup champion. We were talking about Vitek Vanacek and the fact that he wears his emotions on his sleeve. So it could have gotten to his head and he could have had some reminisce of to what's happened this season where, where it seems like when one thing goes wrong, all the other things that could possibly go wrong follow suit. That's Murphy's Law, by the way. But that did not happen. Vancheck was very strong in between the pipes. And the defense in front of him was really helping him out because the Devils, they saw 35 shots on Jeremy Swayman, whereas the Bruins, they got 24 shots on Vancheck. So that's what I like to see because, once again, this goes back to what Eric Holla said post-practice, which was the Devils need to play more simple. So I'm tired of seeing these barn burners where the Devils have to score six goals just to solidify a victory. Score two goals and call it a night. Make it a little easier on yourself and help your goalie stats a little bit more. And that's exactly what they did. So Vanacek didn't regress and he got much better. And the Devils were always knocking on the door of Jeremy Swayman, but it was clear that they were going to have to earn any goal that they were going to get because Swayman was not making it easy. The Devils were giving him hell, especially in overtime, but Swayman was returning the favor. So it was like, whatever you could do, I can do better. And the Devils, they just kept trying and trying and trying. And they had to try to keep the Bruins only to one lone goal. So that way they could give themselves a chance. And they did so in period threes. Because sometimes you will get rewarded if you work hard. And that's exactly what happened. And now let's talk about Timo Meyer Because I was anticipating for a breakout performance from Timo Meyer Because I was like, okay, he's moved back to the right wing position. He's still with Jack Hughes. He's still with Tyler DeFoley. Maybe we could see Timo finally break out of his little slump, similar to what Dawson Mercer did in this game. But Meyer led the entire Devils team in shots with six, and it resulted in nothing. And it seemed like in overtime, he was a little hesitant to shoot. So I don't know if it's in Meyer's head or not, but he really needs to get going. But at least he's shooting a bit more. But maybe it was a blessing in disguise because he was moved back to Nico Heischer's line and Jesper Bratt was brought back up to Jack Hughes. That hurt me a little bit because, as you guys know, I love the combination of Andre Palat, Nico Heischer, and Jesper Bratt. But Jack Hughes, he hasn't been in the score sheet the last three games. I know that's probably not a big deal, but I'm sure Jack Hughes would like to get back into the scoring column just so he could keep his heart chances alive. And he walked home the hero, and he said post game that the dynamic of him and Jesper Bratt it's a phrase that I use a lot on this show. It's like peanut butter and jelly. So Jesper Bratt, he helped his cause. Jack Hughes, he helped his cause. And the Devils, for the first time since May 2021, beat the Boston Bruins team. It was just amazing to see. And some players like Timo Meyer do need to get it going a little bit. But I'm sure this has to be a big confidence boost for the Devils, who have been struggling to like keep their opposition at bay the last few weeks. So the fact that the Devils were doing this against the Flames, they were doing this against the Kraken, and they had that barn burner of a game against the Vancouver Canucks, 
This has to be a breath of fresh air for not only the team, the fans, media, whomever, because now the Devils won in a very good fashion, but they only had to score two goals to secure the victory. So this game was really entertaining to watch. So we're going to transition to my three stars momentarily, and then I will compare the stats to close it all off. But before we continue, I want to tell you guys about the Game Time app because I'm sure you want to see the Devils play up close and personal. So why do I like the Game Time app? Well, last-minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, views from all seats in the venue, lowest price guaranteed, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, etc. You can see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show you your total upfront, so that way you know what you're getting without the hidden fees. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. Okay, so let's talk about some of my stars of the game. So first, an honorable mention. Like I said in segment one, I was anticipating for the Nico Keisha line to get the party started for the Devils from the opening faceoff because I was circling back to a game in which the Devils won in dominating fashion, and that was against the Buffalo Sabres. And who started that game? It was Nico Keisha, Andre Pilat, and Jesper Bratt because I was like, Andre Pilat, he's solid at defense as a forward. Nico Heischer, great two-way player, and his offensive game is, I, in my opinion, very underrated at times. And then for Jesper Bratt, he can carry a boatload of the scoring because he's had the hot stick the last few games for the Devils. So I thought Lindy Ruff would roll with that line because they know how to assert themselves defensively, offensively. They skate very fast. Seems like the four checks are a lot better. But he decided to start the Michael McLeod line alongside with Curtis Lazar, and Nathan Bash. And I was like, you know what? That works too. So I would say that Michael McLeod, Curtis Lazar, and Nathan Bastion were the unsung heroes for the Devils because I said physicality was going to play a huge factor in this game. And this was acknowledged on air. This was acknowledged on Devils Discourse on the X app. I saw a lot of people discussing it. And I said, Michael McLeod, he definitely was asserting himself because he led the Devils in hits with four. And right behind him was Nathan Bastion in two. So I want to give a shout out to that Michael McLeod line that he centered because the Devils, once again, they had to assert themselves early if they wanted any chance to beat this Bruins team. Now, my third star of the game goes to Dawson Mercer because he got the party started for the Devils. He tied the game in period three. That gave them some new life because at first when you don't succeed, try, try again, or try, try again 10 times, times infinity because Jeremy Swayman was not giving them an inch of breathing room to operate. This sort of his performance sort of reminds me of what happened to the Kraken when the Devils were playing them at Climate Pledge Arena because in the third period the Devils had to uh, put all their trust in Akira Schmidt because they couldn't generate anything on Philip Grubauer. They sh- couldn't set up shop in their offensive end, and the Kraken were doing everything 100%, absolutely picturesque, perfectly, but score. They just couldn't score if the net was empty because Akira Schmidt was that good. So that's what Jeremy Swayman was sort of doing in this game against the Devils. And the Devils had to earn their goals, and they did with Dawson Mercer scoring because early on in the game, Dawson Mercer and his linemates, they absolutely got burned by Morgan Geeky. Morgan Geeky was the opening goal scorer for the Bruins in period one. 
And it was bad rebound control by B-Tech Manchek, and we'll talk about that momentarily. But, yeah, Dawson Mercer and his line mates didn't really get off to the best of starts. But in the third period, what I saw was that Eric Hollock, he was hanging in front of the net. He was keeping the offensive possession alive for the Devils. So he, Alexander Holtz, Luke Hughes was also out there. Colin Miller was also out there. Those boys were yearning for the goal. They were trying everything in their best possibility to try to keep that offensive possession alive. They were batting it on down, and ultimately it came off the stick of Dawson Mercer, and he scored it on Swayman, and it was one-to-one, and that was what the Devils needed. And at that point, I was like, try to send it overtime so that way you can at least solidify a point. But Dawson Mercer definitely deserves the credit because I said it a couple episodes ago that he was a little ice cold, and now he scored the goal, and it was a big one for New Jersey. My second star, Vitek Vanacek. So like I said in the previous segment, Vanacek wears his emotions on his sleeve, and Henrik Lundqvist was sort of chirping uh, Vanacek during the intermission during the TNT telecast, and he was doing it in a polite way, but he was absolutely right, which is, Vanacek, you got to try to control the puck a little bit better because it wasn't just Morgan Geeky's goal. That was just the only rebound control issue that came back to bite Vanacek. There were a few other opportunities in which the, the Bruins were able to keep their offensive possession alive because Vanacek is just fumbling the puck around. I've seen less fumbles in a football game. So Lundqvist was absolutely right in his assessment when talking about Vanacek, but I'm glad that Vanacek didn't let it uh, come back to bite him because he stood tall in between the pipes. And I, I mentioned Vanacek a couple episodes ago. I said that he was a player that I thought was heading in the right direction because that Vancouver Canucks game, that was a stinker. He still got the win, but I'm sure he wasn't really satisfied with his performance. And then in the game against the Calgary Flames, he played much better. And I was just like, baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. And now going into this matchup, I got to be completely 100% honest with you. I did not believe in VTech Vanacek. I thought the Devils should have went with Akira Schmidt in this game because Akira Schmidt up to this point, has been the better goalie compared between him and Vanacek. And I said, use Akira Schmidt for the big games and then use Vanacek for the lesser good teams so that way he can try to build his confidence back up. But Lindy Ruff saw something in him, I guess, from a recent practice or whatever, and he decided to put Vanacek in between the pipes and Vanacek was up for the challenge. And this is the Vanacek that I saw last year during the regular season. So once again, I hope that this is a good confidence booster for Vanacek moving forward. And now my first star of the game, Jack Hughes. So what more needs to be said? Would you believe that the Devils have three overtime victories this season and all three of them belong to the Hughes brothers? So Jack Hughes scored the first one of the season against the New York Islanders, then Luke Hughes a few weeks ago against the Philadelphia Flyers, and then older brother Jack yet again this time to the Bruins. So Jack Hughes, he's gone the last three games without scoring a goal, and that's bound to happen. But during the course of the season, he's already netted a lot of points. So it doesn't really matter. He can afford to go on those scoreless streaks. And uh, I'm glad the Devils were able to find a way to win the games at times when he was a non-factor. I think that speaks a lot of volume, but he needed to get going just a little bit more. And in overtime, alongside with Jesper Bratt, Jesper Bratt found him. And Jack Hughes scored it. And it, honestly, it looked like that that shot attempt surprised Swayman to an extent because I, it wasn't the best release from Jack Hughes, but he's just so quick with it. You don't know how to react to it. And they were talking about this on the telecast. So Jack Hughes scored the game-winning goal in, in overtime, and it's lived by the two points for the Devils. And Jesper Bratt, he has now extended his point streak to six games, 
and Jack Hughes snaps his three-game scoreless streak, and the Devils beat the Bruins for the first time since the 56-game COVID season. So Jack Hughes, incredible outing, and like he said post-game, he and Jesper Brad just work like peanut butter and jelly, so we'll see if Lindy Ruff decides to stick with that a little bit more. But Timo Meyer needs to get going, and I guess now is the time to break up that uh, captain line to an extent. Maybe see if Nico Kiescher can get uh, Timo Meyer going a little bit, and let's see if Jesper Bratt can continue to, to be the hot hand in Jack Hughes. This game, man, just amazing to watch from the opening faceoff. Now, I will compare the stats and give the Devils a letter grade momentarily, but before we continue, let me tell you guys about the sleep wrap. So a new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Jack Hughes could score 50 goals. Devils could hoist the Stanley Cup. And you can win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy sports and especially Daily Fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy hockey contests. So you don't just have to participate in fantasy hockey. You can also play Daily Fantasy football, basketball, baseball, college football, all on Sleeper. So to win 100 times bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Devils fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleepers. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See sleepers terms of use for details and locational availability. Okay, let's compare the stats and give the Devils a letter grade. And get out of here because my throat is tired from all the screaming. So shots on goal differential, 35 to 24 in favor of the Devils. Devils were hounding Swayman. And I even put it on the X app. I said it was a matter of whatever you could do, I can do better. And the Devils, uh, I, I just said it was a matter of time before they fool Swayman. And thanks to Dawson Mercer and Jack Hughes, they were able to do so. 35 to 24 once again, faceoff percentage. 50.8% to the Bruins, 49.2% to the Devils. Power play, Bruins were 0 for 1 in their lone power play opportunity. Devils 0 for 2. Worth mentioning, the Devils are now 0 for their last 11 in power play opportunities. And the Bruins were the top PK team heading into this matchup. So I was like, the Devils cannot rely on their power play to bail them out in terms of uh, doing the boatload of scoring. Devils have to play better at 5 on 5. And they were able to do so. But the one thing I want to say is, after that first power play, seemed like the gears kind of switched for the Devils, if that makes sense. So despite not scoring on that power play, it seemed like they had more of a pep in their step. Maybe it's just me, but that's just what I noticed while watching the game. Hits, 21-16 to 16 in favor of the Devils. Bring that physicality. Bring the bean to Beantown, even though it was played in New Jersey. Block shots, 19-13 to 13 in favor of the Bruins. Giveaways, 8-5 to five in favor of the Devils. Takeaways, tied five apiece. So, if I had to give this game a letter grade. So, remember uh, a few episodes ago, I said that when Nico Heischer returned and the Devils absolutely demolished the Buffalo Sabres 7-2, to I said if the Devils make the playoffs and if they turn their season around, you look back at that game at a, as a pinnacle moment. Like, that was a game that was essential for the Devils because they lost their previous matchup to the Columbus Blue Jackets and they needed some sort of spark. They needed some sort of momentum shift and getting their captain back, that worked wonders for them. And I think this game is no exception because I told you guys what was at stake going into the game because you got teams like the Islanders, Capitals, 
Hurricanes and Penguins winning their more recent matchups. And the Metro is very tight. So you don't really want to slip at this point because those standings are going to set on in uh, a few weeks from now. And despite the Devils winning seven of their last nine games, they're still in the three-way tie for fourth place. And the, and the Bruins are one of the best of the best teams. And it, it has taken the Devils two seasons to have beaten this Bruins squad. So I, I said that this game could be a pinnacle moment for them if they turn it around, especially with the next few games working into the Devils' favor. So I say this is a game you look back on as a big win for Devils because maybe you can officially say that the Devils are back or maybe you don't think they're back to each their own. Personally, I think this was a big statement victory for them. So if I had to give the Devils a, a letter grade, I'm going to give them an A+. plus Because they came out aggressive from the opening gate. They didn't make too many mistakes. Any mistakes they did make, they were able to redeem themselves. And they came up big when it mattered most. So they got a goal in period three. And they got the crucial goal in overtime to secure the two points. So I'm going to give them an A-plus for their efforts. They needed to bring the bean to bean town. And that's exactly what they did. And it's been a while since they've beaten this Bruins squad. So that's how I that's how I uh, view this game for New Jersey. And also beat Deck Banachek. I know a lot of the Devils discourse have been crapping on him the last few weeks. I'm no exception to it. I thought he was phenomenal for the Devils. And this is the beat Tech Banachek I saw last season. So let me know what you guys think in the comment section. If you're watching on YouTube, do you think the Devils are back? What did you think of the game? And what did you notice as it progressed? Here's your guys' thoughts. So once again, if you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment down below. If you're listening on podcast streaming service, hit me up on my personal X page app at TreyMat4 or the show's X uh, page app at Locked on Devils as for today's episode. That's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.